One of the reasons to permit work on Cholamoid, as we have seen a number of times, is if it is a Dover Ha'oved. If by not performing that activity you would have a great loss, then it is permitted, and in most scenarios, a Dover Ha'oved can be performed in its regular way. Even if it's a Maisa Uman, a professional manner, it can still be performed. Now, at the end of the previous Perek, the Mishnah taught that even by Dover HaOved, if one intends before Yom Tov, he thinks to himself, I've got time now to fix the thing, to do this particular activity, but you know what? In a week's time on Cholamod, I'll have loads of time, and I'll do this activity then. In such a case, the Mishnah told us that it's forbidden to do that activity on Cholamoyed. It's very much against the spirit of the Yom Tov and the Cholamoyed to intend on performing your work on Cholamoyed just because you've got more time. And it also shows that it's not considered for you to be of huge importance because you're willing to delay it until Cholamoyed. Now, on a similar note, if somebody starts a long process, for example, the process of squeezing olives into oil, so that you, you get the oil from the olives. So that process can take a number of days. If you start that on, let's say, the day before Yom Tov, once you've started the process, to stop in the middle would end up ruining the olives, and it would become a Dover Ha'oved. However, since you sort of made it into a Dover Ha'oved on Cholomoyed, by starting the whole process just before Yom Tov began, you are deliberately causing it to become a Dover Ha'oved on Cholomoyed. And in such a case, it would be forbidden to continue that process on Cholamoyed. That having been said, if somebody does start the long process with enough time before Yom Tov for it to be completed before Yom Tov, but then something occurred in the middle of the process out of his control, which meant that he wasn't able to complete it before Yom Tov. In that case, it would be permitted to continue that process on Cholamoyed, because it is a Dover HaOved which he did not deliberately cause, However, there is a discussion as to what extent we are lenient. So it begins the mission. Misha Hofach Azesov, somebody who turned over his olives in the vat. The first process of squeezing the olives would that they would be, all be placed in a vat, perhaps even for a few days or for a good number of hours until they soften. And after a number of hours, he would turn the olives over and then they would pretty much be soft and ready to be squeezed. Now at this stage, if they are left for a number of days, without doing anything to them, then the olives could rot and he would end up losing out on all of his olives. So he had turned over the olives and then the er Avel. It occurred to him that he became an Ovel, a mourner. One of his seven closest relatives died. And the halacha is that an Ovel, a mourner, is forbidden to work. And because of that, he was forbidden to complete that work before Yom Tov, Oynes, or if something else out of his control occurred that meant that he wasn't able to complete the work. Oyshet Uhu Poyalim or if workers caused this mistake, meaning workers promised to come in order to do this process of squeezing the olives, and they didn't end up coming. So that's not his fault at all, and he did not plan on leaving the work until Cholomoyed, and therefore we are not going to force him to lose out on all of his olives on Cholomoyed. However, according to this opinion, all he is allowed to do is to prevent that loss. Just because it's the Dover HaOved does not mean that you can perform it in the regular manner, according to this opinion. Rather, you can place the first beam on top of the olives. Once the olives had been softened, they were placed a beam, which was quite heavy, on top of the olives. And the beam would be left there for a while for the um, oil to be squeezed out of the olives. After a while, they would then place another beam on top of it to complete the process. 
However, once the first beam had been placed onto the olives, there was no longer a danger of the olives rotting. And so according to this opinion, turn Kerushayna, you can place the first beam on top of the olives, but then he has to leave it there like that until after Yom Tov. The Rabbi Yehuda, that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. However, Rabbi Yosi says that once we are considering this to be a Dover HaOved, it is now permitted to do the process in its regular way. And so Zoylef, you can pour all of the olives into the olives into the olive press, the gomer, and complete the entire process of squeezing the olives into oil. And then you can put it into barrels, the goth, and he can seal the barrels, kadarkai, in its regular way, since it is now considered to be a dovar ha'aved. Mishnah base. The same applies to somebody who had wine inside a pit. This refers to the pit, which is at the bottom of a wine press. So he had squeezed his grapes into wine, and the wine had fallen into this pit at the bottom. But if that wine is just left there for a few days, then it can get ruined again. So he did this before Yom Tov with enough time for the entire process to be completed before Yom Tov would begin. However, the Ovel, it occurred to him that he became an Ovel, a mourner, so he was forbidden to do work. Or something else out of his control occurred. Or if the workers who are supposed to complete the process caused this mistake, they didn't come. So we've got the same achlokes. You can pour the wine into barrels and complete the process and seal the barrels in its regular way. That is the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. However, Rabbi Yehuda says you can only do that which will be enough to prevent the loss. And so you can make wooden boards to cover the wine, which is in this pit at the bottom of the wine press, so that it will not turn sour, won't turn into vinegar. However, he can not do any more than that until after Yom Tov. Mishnah Gimel, if somebody has lots of his produce in the fields, and he's concerned that thieves might come and take it. So that is another example of a Dorha Oved. And so as long as he didn't plan deliberately on leaving this work to do on Cholamoyed, so it would be permitted for him to deal with this on Cholamoyed. Machnas Odom Peresov Neaganovim, one can bring in his produce because of thieves. The Gemara does add, however, that he should try and do this in secret. He should try and do it without attracting attention from other people, because people who see him doing this might not realize he's doing it only because of a Dover HaOved, and they'll be led to think that working on a Cholamoyed is not so strict, and things like this could be done when everyone likes. Okay, another example of a Dover HaOved, V'sholopish Tolim in Mishra, one can remove his flax from the water in which they are being soaked. Flax is turned into linen. And one of the first processes in this process of turning it into linen is that it is soaked in water until it becomes softer. But again, if it's left there for too long, then it will become ruined. And so one can remove it from the mishra, from this pool of soaking water, in order not to lose out on all of the flax. So that he does not lose out. But again, it's very important to remember that all of these examples of Dover HaOved are permitted, as long as he does not deliberately intend on leaving his work to be done on Cholamoyed. And in all of these cases, if he did deliberately leave over his work in order to do it on Cholamoyed, because he thinks he's got more time then, Yovedu, he has to allow those things to be lost, and the leniency of a Dover HaOved does not apply to him. Mishadalah, just like it is forbidden to perform work in general on Cholom it is also forbidden to buy and sell things, to do business. 
Now, there's a discussion as to whether it's forbidden to buy and sell anything, or whether the prohibition only applies to large sales, like houses and slaves. Those are the examples which the Mishnah brings. But be as it may, just like when it comes to the prohibition of working on Cholamoyed, there are many reasons to permit, for example, Dover HaOved, Litzorich HaMoyed, Tzorichi Rabim, and more. So too, all of those exceptions apply also to buying and selling. And therefore the Mishnah says, It is forbidden to buy houses or slaves or animals, except for the sake of the Yomtev itself. If you need, let's say, the meat of the animal for Yomtev, or you're buying the slaves so that you have somebody to serve you on Yomtev, in such a case, just like it's permitted to perform work, it is also permitted to buy and sell things. It should be noted that although when it comes to working, not everything which is for the sake of Yom Tov is permitted. However, when it comes to selling, it is, since anyway selling is not considered something which requires the skill of a professional. And it's not something which requires a lot of effort. Whenever you sell, it anyway fulfills the conditions which are necessary to permit work. The mission now introduces another reason to permit work and selling and buying on Cholomoyed. And that is, For the sake of the person selling, that he doesn't have anything to eat. Meaning, if the seller needs the money, he hasn't got enough money for Yom Tov. So even if the buyer doesn't actually need that item for Yom Tov, he is allowed to buy it from the seller, since for the seller, technically, it's a Tzorich HaMoyed. Because the seller needs that money for the sake of Yom Tov. And so the transaction over here is taking place, the Tzorich HaMoyed, this time for the sake of the seller. Now the same applies anybody who does not have enough money to buy things for the sake of Yom Tov. He is actually allowed to work as regular. He can do his work because he is doing his work technically for the sake of the Yom Tov so that he has enough money in order to celebrate Yom Tov. Continues the Mishnah with more examples in Mefanin Mibayis Labayis. It's forbidden to remove items from one house to another house. If you start transporting things through the streets, this is considered to be unnecessary effort. And we're talking about a situation in which it is not for the sake of Yom Tov. If it's for the sake of Yom Tov, then it's permitted. Alright, now even if it's not for the sake of Yom Tov, and so you're not allowed to just take things from one house to another, he is allowed to transport those items from one house to another house within the same courtyard. Since it's very near to each other, it does not require a lot of effort, and so it is permitted. On a similar note, a Mavian Kalim in Besa Uman, when we not bring items from a craftsman's house, if he needed to fix something, so he took it to somebody to fix, when it's ready, he is not allowed to just take it home. Unless, of course, he needs it for Yom Tov. Continues the Mishnah, But if he is concerned about those items, he's got a concern that it might be stolen from the craftsman's house, or that the craftsman might end up using it for himself. So in that case, he is allowed to remove it. And if he has no choice, then he can take it home even. However, if he is able to, then he should remove them to another courtyard very near to the craftsman's house. The point is, he should try to not transport them as much as possible, especially when going through a public area, since people who see him won't realize that he's doing it because he's concerned that they'll be stolen. They'll think that he's just working himself hard for no apparent reason, for no desperate reason, and they'll assume that it's permitted to do so on Cholomoyed. And therefore, if possible, he should take it to a nearby courtyard and not all the way home.